Hello and welcome, welcome to another podcast. On previous episodes, we have had guests including Sean McAllister, Chris Hees, Peter Levy, Fiona Mills and loads more. But today we have a very special guest from the radio and all different live events around East Yorkshire. Welcome along, Darren Leafen. Hello, Darren. Thank you very much, Ben. Thank you. Welcome. Let's begin, shall we, with the first question. Where was your first job presenting on the radio? It was, now this was probably before you were born actually, um, it was 1997, uh, Magic 1161, because Magic started in 97, I applied to get onto Viking back in 96, I sent a cassette, which shows how long ago it was, it was the old cassette, and I sent that off to the uh, programme manager and he got me in, had a chat, and then I didn't hear anything for ages, until he got in touch with me a little bit later and said, we set up this new station, do you fancy being on it? So I used to do Saturday nights. Nice. Uh, back in 97. Same as what Craig Charles does on Radio 6. That's it, yeah. It was 10 till 2, I think, on a Saturday night. But the music was a bit different. Ours was more chilled out. His is more dance, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And funk solo as exactly, well. Exactly, yeah. Who was where your presenting inspirations when you first started out? Well, I used to listen to Radio 1 quite a bit back in the day. Um, so there was people who were doing breakfast shows at the time. Um, I guess I always liked Steve Wright, who's still going strong now, isn't he? Um, Steve Wright was great DLT I used to listen to John Peel because he was great about his music and there was a guy who was on Viking called Paul Carrington who I got to work with at Magic and he's a good friend and he's a wonderful wonderful guy and Paul Carrington could make you like he could tell the world's worst joke and it'd be it'd be so unfunny but every time he told it you would laugh because of the way he told it and he was brilliant Paul Carrington so I used to just listen to him every day. And also, it's very good that different radio stations as yeah. well. Yeah, well, that's the thing. If you want to get into it, you need to listen around, yeah, and get you know a, a sense of who does what different places and that. I personally sometimes listen to Pete Mills' station, Hull Kingston Radio. Hull Kingston Radio, yeah, yeah. Millsy, I've known him for a while, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen to Millsy too much, though. <laughs> I listen to some shows on that channel, but I, use, but I sometimes listen to KCFM as well. Uh-huh, which is where you used to listen to me, wasn't it? Yeah, and Paul Woodford, Amy... Amy, oh, lovely Amy, yeah, saw her at the weekend. She's lovely, lovely woman. Matt Hutchinson, Mike... Spike. Spiky Mike, Mike Nicholson. I yeah. haven't seen him for a bit. Yeah, Spiky Mike with his white spiky... I'll tell you a little story about Mike Nicholson, because he's got spiky hair. He never put his headphones over his head. He used to put them round the back because he didn't want them touching his hair and ruining it. <laughs> Hence he keeps it spiky all the time. Yeah, and also I listen to a lot of radio stations as well. Good, yeah, that's a good way to get into it. Listen to everybody, see what everybody does. Yeah. What's your favourite part about being a radio presenter? I guess because I love music. I've always been a geek on music. Um, there used to be a record shop in Brandsome Centre when I lived in Brandsome. I used to buy loads and loads of CDs and albums and seven inches from him. So I'd listen to music all the time and pretend I was on the radio when I listened to the songs. And I, just because I love music, that's that's one of the best things. Being able to sit in the studio with the door shut so nobody else can hear you, sing your head off as bad as you want to every single song, even the ones you don't like. Also, I do that sometimes. I pretend I'm on the radio sometimes. It's a good way myself. to practice talking yeah. up songs and things, yeah, and timing yeah. as well, see how you do for timing. I used to, um, I listened to a lot of radio. I listened to Absolute sometimes. Uh-huh. Absolute 80s sometimes. Yep. On your old time slot on... Because on the absolute 80s time slot, on the night time, they have Tony Hadley from Spano. Oh, from Spano, right, yeah. There's lots of good good music there. And it's good music as well, because it tells you all the different All the different types. decades, yeah. How do all the events vary from each one? 
Well, they do actually because I mean, I've just this weekend I was doing Withensee Festival or Withstock. It was the twenty fifth anniversary of that, and that was live music, so it was bands throughout the day. Whereas this weekend I'm doing the food festival, so you know you're talking to chefs about what they're cooking and the demonstrations and stuff during the day. So they can vary. So you need to to be able to to be able to ask questions on any subjects and things that come into your mind at any moment because you never know what's going to happen. Um, you, you might get an instance where they'll shove you on stage and say fill for five minutes. So you've got to talk about something or, or other and chat to people about something. So they do vary. You can be doing music one week, food the next, then back to music again. And then the next week it could be a dance competition or something like that. So it's nice because it's, it's different every week, so that's good. What's your favourite part of working at the events? Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Um, just probably the variety, something different. Uh, I'm always tired by the end of the night, but I'm always excited in the morning. Like with stock this weekend on Saturday, I was driving up to Windsor thinking, oh, I'm really, really looking forward to this. Last night I was driving back thinking, I'm really, really ready for my bed. So it was, I was glad it was over, but it was brilliant. Um, so just the variety, I think, and meeting loads of different people. You get to meet a lot of different people, a lot of different bands, a lot of different people, you know, wherever you go. And it's, it's great to meet everyone and stuff like that. And somebody new every weekend, which is lovely. And also, yeah, it's a bit like... I get nervous when I meet celebrities as well. Because uh-huh. sometimes I get nervous like, I'm all right with you now because I familiarise myself with you. <laughs> I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> You're kind of bad to me because you used oh, to be I'm on like KCFM. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite the Peter Levy standard just yet. Yeah, you get. I know, I'm not quite as orange. What's it like to interview famous faces of Hull? Ooh, it, it's great actually because... I mean, we've sadly we've not got so many famous faces in Hull now because we, we've lost a few of them, haven't we? But they're they're brilliant. They've always been good, and they're always passionate about where they're from, which is lovely. You talk to anybody who's from Hull, um, and they always go on about where they were born, where they used to live, and even if they don't live in Hull now, they still hold a lot of Hull in their heart, which is lovely. So you can talk to them until the cows come home, and they're real proud and passionate of being born here, especially if they're from Hesel Road. I've noticed everybody from Hesel Road's always really proud of that. I'm as a road boy. <laughs> yeah, we had Sean McAllister in back in February, yeah. and he loves Hull because he's he's kind of from this area, uh-huh. and he used to work at the old fish factory, ah, was it? the old yeah, factories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, that's proper Hull, isn't it, that? Yeah, you and can't he get used much to more. film during the factories. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, because, yeah, yeah you, you don't get much more Hull than that, but... It's it's a city where everybody's friendly, isn't it? Everybody yeah. chats to each other. Either. They'll stop in the street and talk to strangers. Um, yeah. And it's, it is nice. But as I say, yeah, anybody you talk to about Hull, or if you talk to somebody who's not from Hull, who's been to Hull, you know, like a celeb who's been before, or did he come to, oh, yeah, I've been there. I loved it. The theatre's lovely. The people were so nice and friendly. And Or I stayed in this hotel or I stayed in this pub. And I went there in a night. Yeah. And they love it. Yeah. And Sean Williamson, who played Barry in EastEnders, I remember him performing in Hull. And he said, the old English gentleman is the best pub in the world. He loves it. He's spent a fortune there and he sings karaoke in there every time he comes to Hull. <laughs> I, p- I personally prefer Hull cheese. Oh, really? Yeah. You won't find Barry and EastEnders in there. <laughs> you mean Sean, Sean Williams? Sean Williamson, yeah, that's him. He was actually in an episode of Minder back in the 90s. Was he really? Yeah, yeah. with the late, great George Curl. Ah, well, you live and learn. I'll put that in my book of trivia. Yeah. What's your standout moment in your career? It was, it had been about 2004, 2005, I think. I don't know if you remember Sam Hayward, who used to work on Viking. 
I think so. Sam used to do the afternoon show on Viking, and Oasis were performing at the Ice Arena, the Hull Arena. They were performing at the Ice Arena. It was the first time they'd been to Hull, and it was just at the time they were really, really big. Biggest group in the probably in the world, rather than the country. And they were performing at Hull, so we said, what we're going to do, one of our guys from News, a guy called Ed Thomas, who works on BBC News Channel now, um, he was going to interview Noel Gallagher, but they managed to persuade him to let us do a show from backstage during the afternoon. So Sam was going to do a show, and they sent me along as well as like a reporter or a producer. So we were presenting from a little backstage studio, and I said to Sam, I'm going to go for a wander around and see if anything's happening in the ice arena. And I walked out into the arena just as Noel Gallagher came on stage to sound check Don't Look Back in Anger. So I ran and got, grabbed Sam, and we came back, and we stood there, and there's the only people in the entire... You know, the entire building of the ice arena was Noel Gallagher, a sound engineer, and me and Sam. So we were just standing there with our jaws hitting the floor that we got a personal performance from Noel Gallagher of Dr. Back in Anger. It was incredible. Actually, sorry, actually, um, a story about the Gallagher Brothers Oasis, because were the Oasis at the time you were interviewing them, or was it just... No, it was a guy called Ed Thomas was. We were, we were all going to the concert, we all had tickets, but just because we'd managed to get backstage, but to just see him perform that, you know, it was like him practising. And we were in the... Rock. Wow, it was incredible to just watch it. A funny story. One of my old tutors, uh, he was going to go and see Oasis at Scarborough. Uh-huh. And he missed the event because of the tickets. Oh, dear. And three weeks later, they split up. Oh. Their last gig, actually, was at uh, Bridlington Spa, wasn't it? Yeah. Was that the Bridge Spa? Yeah, I yeah. went to see that. I've kept my ticket in the hope that it'll be worth a fortune one day. It's yeah. worth about 10p, I think. And what, what was the last song they played? Oh, uh, they always used to finish with, uh, you know, I can't remember. I honestly can't remember what they finished. It might have been Don't Look Back in Anger, yeah. but they split up, didn't they, about a week or two later. Yeah. Next one, what was it like? Because you've met Cannon and Ball, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like interviewing the great Cannon and Ball? I've met them three times, actually. I've interviewed them three times. They are absolutely lovely. You could not meet nicer guys. The first time I saw them, I was... I'd gone to see the darts in Blackpool at the Winter Gardens and Winter Gardens has a few theatres and we'd left, me and my mate, we'd left on the night, had a few drinks, you know, because it was warm, it was hot and we'd been watching the darts, so we'd had a few drinks. So we staggered out and there was Cannon and Ball outside. They'd been performing in the theatre next door, signing autographs and they were coming to Hull in Pantomime that year. So I tapped them on the shoulder, joking and said, I'll see you guys in December, you'll probably be coming in for an interview. And we staggered off back to our hotel. They came in in December to do an interview. First thing Bobby said to me was, have you sobered up yet? <laughs> he remembered me from July. They were lovely. They are so funny. And they can tell some stories off air that you know you can't tell on air, but they are brilliant. They're really nice, really friendly, and they'll do anything for anyone. They love the fans. They stand for hours signing autographs. What are the pros and cons on local radio compared to commercial radio? Well, commercial radio, you probably, you, you play more music, don't you, and things like that. Um, but you've obviously got, that paid for a lot of it is by commercials and events and stuff like that. So you've probably got more messages to read out as far as commercial radio is concerned, because that's what it's there for, to make a profit doing that. Whereas BBC local radio is obviously paid for by the licensed player, isn't it? And they can talk a bit more on the BBC. Um, people who tune to commercial radio mainly want the music, don't they? Whereas the BBC... It's more for the speech. So I'd say the commercial side, probably more because you can get to play a bit more music and things. Whereas the BBC, you've got to think a lot more. I think it's probably tiring actually doing that for 
for a good three or four hours, thinking yeah. and talking for that long. And finally, what advice would you give to young aspiring broadcasters? Um, the one I'd, I'd probably say is you've got to be patient and you've got to prepare yourself for a lot of disappointment and knockbacks as well. Yeah. When I first started, as I say, in 96, and he replied to me and then I didn't hear anything for ages. But since I've been freelance, I've, I've obviously sent little bits off to different stations. Some reply, some don't. And you just have to have a thick skin and think they're not going to reply. They're, not, they're all not going to reply. Some of them do, but some of them don't. Because you take it personally and you think, oh, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? It's just that they get that many that you've got to remember that sometimes they might not even listen to it. But So you've got to be go, go, go all the time. Keep trying. Never give up. That's a wrap then. That's a wrap. I'll have a chicken one. Barbecue. Thank you for joining us, Darren Leafen. Thank you very much for having me. And that's a wrap. Cheers, Ben. <laughs>